It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The New Orleans Saints believe they might be able to do what with their first three draft selections? I'll tell you what Saints general manager Mickey Loomis said the team could do at 16, 19, and 49, and some sleepers and unsung draft prospects to know in each round that the Saints select. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me over at USA Today's Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with all the odds, lines, and props that you need more than ever before. Go and check them out over at betonline.net where the game starts. The New Orleans Saints believe they could potentially walk away with three of their top 20 to 25 players in this year's draft by simply staying put at 16, 19, and 49, where they presently select. At least that's what general manager Mickey Loomis told PFT and NBC Sports, one of the top insiders in the game, Peter King. Now, according to uh, uh, Mickey Loomis, he basically said, and I'll read the quote here, we could sit where we are right now and get three of the top 20 or 25 players on our board. So how could that potentially happen? But first, what does that mean? So what that would mean is that basically If the New Orleans Saints were to list out their top 20 to 25 players, they believe they can walk away with three of those players with their first three selections by not moving, by simply staying put after their Philadelphia Eagles trade or trade with the Philadelphia Eagles at 16 and 19, and then circle back around in the second round at pick 49 to walk away with a third top 20 player on their board. So that's what they believe that they could potentially do. But how does that happen? Well, there's a couple of different ways that it happens. Let's say that the Atlanta Falcons, the Chicago Bears, the every team around the NFL list their first round prospects, right? Some of them are going to have 17 first round prospects. Some of them are going to have 20 to 23 first round prospects. And not every team is going to have an overlapping exact list of those 20 prospects in any given order. So what that means is that the Saints could potentially have some top 20 to 25 players that aren't other teams' top 20 to 25 players. And so because of that, and some of that comes down to evaluation, right? What are the things that the Saints uh, kind of really appreciate and really value in a prospect that other teams maybe don't? What is it that other teams value or don't value that the Saints do or don't? And then, of course, the fit with the scheme as well, right? So the Saints as a you know, multiple front defense that plays a lot of five defensive back looks, usually only has 
two linebackers on the field every now and then three, but then they also shift into dime packages on third down. They're blitz heavy on third down, so they like athleticism in the secondary that can play in the box because of that, so on and so forth. And of course, the single high safety situation for them as well. There are just simply things that fit in their scheme that don't necessarily fit as well in other systems. Like let's say the Seattle Seahawks who are about to shift from a 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense or a multi-front defense to a 3-4 defense. So they're going to value linebackers, pass rushing linebackers, and edge rushers that can stand up in a two-point stance as opposed to put their hand in the dirt, which is what the Saints value as uh, when it comes to pass rushers. And they like long pass rushers as opposed to stout uh, speedy pass rushers, things like that. So the value of things is just really, really different. The value of qualities and elements and things like that, very different for all 32 teams. You know, if you ask a team to give you their top five players and you go to all 32 teams, you're going to get 32 different answers, right? You're not going to see a lot of overlap because what's valued for one team isn't valued always for another. The last piece of it all too in addition to fit to the scheme, as well as just simple traits that are valued by those particular scouting departments, is what are the positions of need? Because position of need does does end up impacting the way that you set a big board or that you set your top 20 players and a draft, so on, you know, with, with all of that. So because of that, you might see more wide receivers in the Saints 20 to 25. You might see more safeties in the Saints 20 to 25 than you'll see on other teams, more defensive tackles in the top 20 to 25 for the Saints than you'll see with other teams. So those end up being a big part of why the New Orleans Saints feel, or at least Mickey Loomis, feels that if they stood stood pat at 16, 19, and 49, that they would walk away with three of their top 20 to 25 players. And that's a good position to be in because, again, it maximizes the flexibility for you, right? Those top three players could be wide receivers. They could be one of them could be a quarterback. One of them could be an offensive tackle. One of them could be a defensive tackle. One could be a safety. There's any number of possibilities for what the makeup of those three players looks like. And if the Saints feel that they want to maximize their draft that way and get three top 20 to 25 players, which would mean getting three starters on rookie contracts at that point, then they can do that. But if they get to 19 and they see that there's only two of those top 20 to 25 players left, then maybe they're able to select at 19 trade up uh, from 49 to try to get another one of those guys that's maybe in their top 25, maybe in their top 30, things like that, right? They have the ability to be able to sit back and respond as opposed to being immediate buyers. Now, on the same day that this releases, that Mickey Loomis is saying this about the New Orleans Saints, you're seeing other reports saying that the Saints are indeed interested in packaging 16 and 19 and moving up to go after one of the top two quarterbacks in Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Now, y'all know that for me, isn't is not the ideal situation land one of those guys at 16 or 19 fine sure whatever so you're giving up effectively a potential starter in in doing that and so you might not want to go that far right that's if you're packaging 16 and 19 right you could package 19 and 98 to move up just a little bit or 16 and 98 to move up just a little bit to go and grab the guy that you want that's an option too but packaging 16 and 19 you would really, really, really have to like that quarterback. And you would kind of have to be saying at that point that you expect not to have Jameis Winston beyond this season, which is possible. Again, he has an out in his contract. He could potentially have a phenomenal season in 2022 that ends up pricing him out of what the Saints would be willing to pay for a quarterback when they have somebody that they could turn to on a rookie deal. It's not, you know, drafting a quarterback doesn't really say anything about the Saints feeling bad or feeling negative about Jameis Winston. In fact, it could just be that they're preparing for Jameis Winston to have a really good year and to not be able to afford him if he decides to test the market, which he should. 
in that case. So the Saints could save $4.4 million by moving on from Jameis Winston next season if they don't feel like they are in the position to pay him after a good 2022. And then you would want to have that rookie contract, that rookie quarterback to turn over to. But do you really need to rush for the quarterback right now with knowing that next year's quarterback class is going to be really good? And I know that it's hard to try to project forward like that, but you expect to be getting at least a couple of first round picks probably for Sean Payton if he comes back to coaching. So I think that this is one of the reasons why the Saints are looking at maximizing those top three picks, those top two selections. And it sounds like that's where general manager Mickey Loomis is too. And I think that's the smartest position right now. Again, one of those guys happens to be a quarterback. Great. But packaging and moving and trading to get up there, I don't know if you need to go through all of that. You probably actually already had the ammunition to do that in the first place if you had 18 and next year's first round pick and the year after that's first round pick. I mean, you had what you needed to be able to do that already. So doing this with the Philadelphia Eagles as the sort of like first step to a later second step just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. But that might just be me. That might just be me. Anyway, that's what the uh, general manager of the New Orleans Saints says that the New Orleans Saints may be looking to do in this year's draft. But who are those names? Who are those top 20 to 25 players? We're going to answer that in an episode later on this week where we build out our top 20 to 25 players. But first, I want to talk a little bit about some sleepers in each round that the Saints select. So we'll go rounds one, two, and three, and then we'll go rounds four, five, and six to wrap up today's show with some sleepers in each round and maybe some unsung names that you don't hear too much about going to the Saints, but that you should be aware of because they fit the mold for New Orleans. So we'll hit that up here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, it is my great pleasure to tell you all about our wonderful friends over at betonline.net. Yes, our exclusive online betting partners here on the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for all things sports betting and sports info as well. You can get the latest on sports developments, league reviews, news, so much to check out. And of course, you might want to go and bet on those Pellies, man. Those Pelicans. I like to call them the Pellies like Cam Jordan, but the Pels. Um, and of course, make sure you go check out Lockdown Pelicans with Jake Madison. But they've got that play-in tournament. They're hosting that play-in game against the San Antonio Spurs, who they've already beat in San Antonio. And so maybe you want to get in on that action a little bit. And the best place to do it is with our friends over at Bet Online. So if you want to go and check them out, they've also got live betting. They've got more stuff around the playoffs as well, esports, and even more. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action it's over at bet online where the game starts we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed Alright family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on NFL YouTube page as well. You want to make sure you subscribe there because days one, two, and three of the draft, we are live on the Locked on NFL YouTube page all three days, including me. I'll be there as well, so you want to go and check that out. Alright, so New Orleans Saints have done a phenomenal job in the past of finding sleepers in rounds, but have also done some things where 
You go into these drafts, you're expecting them to go one way and they go a completely different direction. So to pay homage to both of those things, I wanted to take a look at names in each round that the New Orleans Saints could potentially target. They do fit the mold. They might not be the most popular picks. They might not be the sexy picks, but we're going to zig when everybody else is zagging and take a look at maybe some of the unexpected players that the Saints could potentially invest in in each of the rounds that they select, one through six. And in the midst of all that, we'll also take a look at some sleepers as well, you should know. So the Saints have, I'm going to give at least two in each round, but for the first time, I'm going to start with three since they picked twice. Um, the Saints love to invest in the trenches. We know offensive tackles should absolutely be a target for them at either 16 or 19. But what about defensive line? They continuously go back to the defensive line. Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport, uh, Peyton Turner in last year's draft. So what if they surprised and went that way? Yes, I know a lot of people would be mad. I know a lot of people would be upset if they ended up going to the defensive line as opposed to addressing the offensive line and wide receiver, but they could do one and the other, right? And then take advantage of a deeper trenches class elsewhere. But I think they should take advantage of the deep trench class over on the defensive side personally. But to entertain the idea, let's talk about some of the surprise players that could be selected in this year's draft in the first round on the defensive line for the Saints. So I'm going to start off with an edge rusher here because the Saints have invested a lot in first round edge rushers. George Karloftis, the defensive end from Purdue. He reminds me a lot of Trey Hendrickson, and I'm not just saying that for the reason that you're thinking, chill, stop it. I'm saying that because of his length and his size, right? So you're talking about a guy that is basically six foot four. He's like just over six foot three and a half, 260-ish pounds. That's exactly what Trey Hendrickson was. Doesn't have the length that you're used to seeing the Saints invest in in the first round, guys that are prototypically long, like Marcus Davenport, as well as Peyton Turner. But again, he's a little bit, has a little bit more length than a guy like Trey Hendrickson, who still found a lot of success for the Saints and has gone on to find a lot of success for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals as well. And just like Hendrickson, he's not a super athletic guy. He's not going to be a speed rusher beating you around the edge. He's just strong. Like this dude just has mad pass rusher ability in terms of his ability to overpower you as an offensive lineman, has a really good pass rush plan as well, and endless moves on the path. I mean, he is a hell of a hand fighter. So those things I think fit in terms of what the New Orleans Saints could potentially invest in if they were going to surprise and go edge rusher in the first round with a run on edge rushers expected to happen within basically the top five at this point with guys like Trevon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, and of course, Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, next we'll take a look at defensive tackle, which is another surprise direction the Saints could go in the first round. We've seen them do it before. So for this one, I went with both Georgia defensive tackles, Jordan Davis, as well as Devontae Wyatt. They're both kind of different uh, in terms of what it is that they do, but they're both very good pass rushers. I think Wyatt has, or excuse me, both better, both very good defensive tackles. I think Wyatt has better tape than Davis, but Davis's testing was off the charts. So that's why you hear about Jordan Davis more than you hear about Devontae Wyatt. I would be more inclined to go to lean toward Devontae Wyatt because he's my style, right? And again, this is all a part of it, right? What do you value in terms of traits? What do you value in terms of ability? And what I value might not be what you value, which might not be what the Saints value. But for me, Devontae Wyatt is a little bit more of like the athletic pass rusher on the interior three tech out to five tech type, while Jordan Davis is a little bit more like one tech two inside, three tech kind of guy. And those, by the way, those techs just mean where they line up on the line of scrimmage, right? Zero tech starts at, at over the center, and then you can go all the way out and the higher the number, the further out from, the, from, from center they are. So your usual sort of defensive tackles are either zero, one, two inside, which is on the inside of the guard, or uh, three, which is between the guard and tackle. Those are, your, those, are those techniques. 
So for me, Devontae Wyatt probably fits the bill a little bit more, but like Jordan Davis tested like crazy. And he could be a guy that if he's hanging around at 19, that the Saints decide that they want to take a flyer on. And it's probably more than a flyer, right? These guys aren't really sleepers because they're first round picks, but they're just unsung, unheralded in terms of what we look at for the New Orleans Saints. So if they were to decide to surprise and go to the defensive line as opposed to wide receiver, offensive tackle, or quarterback, those three guys would make a lot of sense. I'll also throw Jaquan Brisker out there as well, by the way, safety out of Penn State, who could have been a target for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for instance, but then the Saints with that trade moved ahead there. So it puts them in position that they feel like they want to invest highly at safety. So some sort of uncharacteristic options the Saints could go with there. Now let's talk about in the second round. Second round, we talked a lot about the wide receivers that could potentially be there. Christian Watson, maybe a guy like Alec Pierce ends up boosting up that high Khalil Shakir. Uh, but there's other guys too. And and one of them that would be potentially interesting would be Alabama wide receiver. No, not Jamison Williams. He's not falling in the second round. But John Mechie. John Mechie is you know a guy that can, he's not as explosive. He's not as much of a field stretcher as Jamison Williams, but he's a really, really good route runner. He's coming off of his own left knee injury as well. So how quickly can you get him out there? If they feel like their option in the first round that's left is uh, Jamison Williams, but they're worried about him not being able to get on the field early enough. So then they want to go with somebody that they could, you know, try to maximize as a second wide receiver, but don't want to invest highly on somebody that can't hit the field right away. Then maybe John Metry could be that guy and they go for, you know, a bigger guy in, in the first round or something like that. Or offensive tackling quarterback workout for them at 16 and 19. And then they want to look at wide receiver in the second round. So John Metry would be a name to watch. You're investing a second round pick there. So you want him to have some immediate impact. But if he's not ready to start the season, it doesn't hurt you as much as giving up a first round pick would have. And then I'll mention Sam Howell, the quarterback out of North Carolina, just to get another quarterback in there. We have a lot of conversations about Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and stuff like that. But Sam Howell is a quarterback that fits the mold of what the Saints like as a traditional, you know, stand in the pocket type passer. He has some development to do. He had a really down 2021 season after a phenomenal 2020 season that we thought was going to make him QB1. But he also lost his four top targets and a bunch of other stuff that he had to deal with throughout that season with that team, uh, the Tar Heels. And so Sam Howell may be a name to watch. Nice arm, good um, second, kind of has enough athleticism to be able to extend some plays, things like that. Kind of Ian Bookish in that way, but a little bit less athleticism than that, but bigger arm, that's for sure. And then finally here, round three to wrap this part up before we get to four, five, and six. I'm going to go with Nick Cross, the safety out of Maryland. He's really a two or three guy. He could jump up too. I mean, safety is so unpredictable in the NFL draft. But if you want somebody that has the ability to play free safety, but is also you know a pretty solid tackler, he needs to work on his angles a little bit, especially when he's coming downhill, but puts you in a position to where you know you could take a flyer on a safety that has a lot of talent and that is a you know big time hitter when he does get there. But the big thing is that Sometimes he goes for the violent hit a little bit too much, and then he ends up missing out on actually making the stop. So you want to kind of train a little bit more discipline there, but he's definitely a, a safety to watch. And then Max Mitchell, a, a local kid, a offensive tackle, really athletic, uh, really good pass protector, worked in a zone heavy scheme, which I think would, or worked in a scheme that models itself to be very zone heavy. So he could translate pretty well to the Saints run game as well as their passing game. So he would be one of those offensive tackles that if you can't find one early or Trevor Pinning goes top 10, which by the way is completely possible. And then maybe those other offensive tackles don't really make it to you at 16 or 19 and you're not able to move up, then you could invest in guys like Rashid Walker, Max Mitchell a little bit later and potentially just run with James Hurst at left tackle, which it seems the Saints are pretty content to do. 
Okay, up next, we're going to get into rounds four, five, and six, including two LSU players that, of course, I had to get in here. We're going to we're gonna have a little bit of fun with some hometown prospects, but I have a tight end that I think a lot of you are really, really going to like from Iowa State. So let's talk about him and the other great options for the Saints in terms of those sleepers and unheralded prospects in rounds four, five, and six as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, it is Built Bar time, or at least I wish it was. I ate all of them, but that's okay because I was able to order some more thanks to exactly what I'm about to tell you about. Listen, if you haven't tried Built Bars yet, I, I don't know what you do. I just simply don't know what you're doing. So go, go, go and try them. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go right now while they have that brownie batter built puff bar that's just absolutely phenomenal. And of course, they've also got cinnamon churro, which you know a couple of folks have reached out about that they absolutely love. And you can also try a bunch of other flavors as well, like mint brownie, cherry barcia gets a lot of rave reviews, coconut, coconut almond. So go check them out because each one of those flavors that I just mentioned also covered in 100% chocolate, but you're only getting four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs, or you're getting 17, 18 grams of protein. These things are like about six bites. They're, they're, they're like a decent texture as opposed to you having to chew and chew and chew and chew or even microwave your protein bar. I've heard of people having to do that with those other bars. So don't worry about all that. Just head over to built.com right now and save 15% with the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. So you can get 15% off of your next order of built bars because I know you're going to love them over at built.com. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move or maybe... You moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's get it, Who Dat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with sort of our sleeper and unsung prospect evaluation across all the different rounds that the Saints select. We're going to get to a pair of LSU Tigers that could be some late round targets for the New Orleans Saints. Just put some local flavor in here. But first, I want to tell you about the tight end that I think very well could end up being a New Orleans Saint in this year's draft. His name is Charlie Collar, and you might not have heard about him very much, right? He's an Iowa State guy, Iowa State Cyclones from Norman, Oklahoma, six foot six, 252 pounds, senior, redshirt senior, coming out and coming into the NFL. But listen to this, right? Six foot six, 250 pounds. And we're talking about this guy with an 81 inch wingspan, four six, 240, 10 foot broad jump, 13 reps on the bench, and a 35 and a half, 36 inch vertical. This guy tested out of the park. And these are tight end numbers, right? I know we're used to hearing like four threes, four twos, things like that. But these are really, really solid tight end numbers. We're talking about a guy that has rarely dropped a pass, like five drops in over 160 targets throughout his college career. 
really, really good, good stuff. Or with 168 receptions, rather. He had 2,181 total yards receiving in his four seasons with the Cyclones. 23 touchdowns and, again, only five drops. So really, really good stuff. Average about 13 yards per catch. So just a name to really pay attention to here. I'm looking at uh, Dane Brugler's draft guide. One of the things that he says is that he might not threaten vertically and his blocking leaves a little bit to be desired, but he's big, dependable, he's a chain mover, and he has the ability to finish ability to a finish in contested situations and uh, list that as his calling card. So if you're just looking for somebody that's going to be able to pick up some tough yards for you, he's absolutely one to, uh, I don't want to say fall in love with, but to, let's just say no, right? To no for now. Okay, let's go to... Our first, no, this is our, yeah, this is our first safety, no, second safety, because we talked about Nick Cross last time. We don't want to talk about another safety. And we've seen this before. It's Tennessee Volunteers. The Saints invest in their Tennessee Volunteers in the draft as well as an undrafted free agency. Right now, I'm going to tell you about six foot, 199 pound senior Alante Taylor, who played mostly on the outside when he was at uh, Tennessee. Played a lot of outside corner, but he has some of the really good things that you look for because of his range and his tackling ability. Uh, and his attacking ability, really his mentality more than anything else, he could potentially move over to safety. Again, six foot, 199 pounds, uh, four, three, six speed with a 10 foot, eight inch broad jump, 34 inch vertical. So yeah, but he came in with a 39 inch vertical at his pro day. So maybe cut that in half, meet in the middle, 37 inch broad jump or 37 inch um, vertical. So you like the explosiveness there. He's got good explosiveness. He's got good speed. He's got great range. He used to play baseball. And so I think that a lot of these like little pieces mean that he could potentially make that shift from cornerback to safety. And we've seen the Saints do that quite a bit. There was that one year to where they drafted, I can't even remember what they were when they were in college anymore, but they drafted Cameron Moore, who either was a corner that they moved to safety or was a safety that they moved to corner. And then they drafted Natrell Jamerson, who was a safety that they moved to corner or a corner that they moved to safety. There was something that they did like that. But the Saints do this all the time. Look at PJ Williams as well. So I think that Taylor having the experience of playing on the outside, having the tenacity to play on the inside, but then having the range to play safety could be a piece, right? Something to look for. And we're talking about round four here. Here's the one thing you know for sure that you're going to get with him. He's going to be a very, very good. (laughs) Those of you that have known me for a while are going to love this. Uh, He's going to be a very good special teamer. But I'm serious with that speed, with that size, and especially his ability, he does a really good job taking angles from outside to inside. Struggles sometimes coming from inside out. But Really, really good job taking angles from the perimeter. It's going to make him a really, really good gunner in the NFL. So something else to watch there as well. Okay, let's move to round five. And I threw two LSU Tigers here just to get some some hometown flavor for you. The New Orleans Saints, I know people hate it when you talk about Tigers to the Saints and stuff like that. But hey, maybe the regime change brings something. If you're a Tiger fan, if you're a Saints fan, you just want to believe. That's all. Just believe. Just believe that that's going to be the case. All right. All right. So here's here are the two that I'm looking at. Damone Clark the linebacker, Ty Davis-Price, running back. Okay, Damone Clark is having like a spinal fusion surgery. He's out basically for his entire rookie season. So why would you invest a fifth round draft pick for him? He's an explosive player, extremely athletic, lots of versatility. They played him at will linebacker. He projects to be a will linebacker at the next level as well. If you can get a guy like Damone Clark, who at the worst is going to be, a, again, a good special teamer, which is what you're looking for in the third day, for the most part, Dan R- Darren Rizzi, Saints assistant head coach and special teams coordinator, calls the third day of the draft, special teams day, then you might as well go and get a guy that packs a ton of potential to maybe do more, 
And if you're investing a fifth round pick in somebody that's not going to play in 2022, fine. You can do that in the fifth round. You're not going to do that in day one, but you can do that in the fifth round and be okay. So I just wanted to point out Damone Clark, right? He's somebody that hasn't made, you know, a, a ton of plays in coverage, but he's a fantastic tackler. And he's somebody that's going to get better in coverage, I think, with NFL coaching. That LSU defense over the course of the past couple of years hasn't really helped him out a ton. And it's one of the reasons why he's probably going to get drafted lower than he would have around like an intelligent defense or an intelligent defensive scheme, which they just did not have in LSU for the past couple of years. I say uh, hurt with pain, (laughs) but Damone Clark has a ton of potential. And he's somebody that's also a pretty good pass rusher as well. I think he had five sacks in his career at LSU. So you can also use him as a blitzing linebacker, which the Saints like a lot. Again, he's not going to play in 2022. So if you don't want to invest in him, don't invest in him. But we're talking about sleeper picks that could do something in the future, could be an option in 2023. And then Ty Davis Price, who uh, Dylan Sanders actually selected him over at Saints Wire to the Saints in the fifth round, underwent a little bit of a body shift there, dropped some weight. And so now all of a sudden you have this guy who always had a little bit of receiving ability and everything, but that maintained his strength, putting up you know, a good number of bench reps during his uh, during his offseason programming, but then dropped that weight to give him a little bit more uh, speed, a little bit more ability, just carrying a little bit less of a load there. So I think that him paired up with Alvin Kamara could be really, really interesting. So I'll put Ty Davis Price up there as another LSU Tiger to watch in the fifth round in case the Saints about face on the way that they have uh, drafted when it comes to LSU Tigers recently, right? Since 2006. All right, let's take a look now, wrap this up with round six. I want to talk to you about a guy named Tanner Connor out of Idaho State, wide receiver who like doesn't really, he's not even on a bunch of your favorite mock draft simulators and stuff like that. But we're talking about a guy who's six foot three, 226 pound red shirt senior coming out of Idaho State, had 137 career catches with the, what are they? What is Idaho State? The Bengals with the Bengals of Idaho State, because there's all those tropical big cats in uh, Idaho. 2,384 yards, 15 touchdowns. They have 13 drops, including five last year. So clean that up a little bit. But um, this guy at six foot three, 226 pounds, ran 449, 39 inch vertical jump, and a 10 7 broad jump. Now, I think that this is really an interesting look, not only because, yes, he's a wide receiver and the Saints need wide receivers, but I think this is a guy that could potentially get moved to tight end. He's going to be a practice squad guy first. You're not drafting this guy because you want him to immediately impact you in 2022. You're just not. But you give him an opportunity to move around a little bit, kind of like Dion Yelder a few years ago. The, the Saints brought him in and they kind of you tried him out at a couple of different places, but really focused him in at tight end. The difference was that he played tight end at Western Kentucky before the Saints drafted him. This guy, Tanner Connor, played at Idaho State at wide receiver. And so I think that he would just be somebody to take a look at because of the athleticism that he brings. He's off the charts in terms of his agility scores, things like that. Those are things that the Saints care about. So just a name to know Tanner Connor as a potential wide receiver to tight end conversion late sixth round in this draft where you can kind of have that freedom. And then finally, I'll talk about a guy that I think right now is getting a lot of like sixth round, seventh round grades, but at one point was somebody that folks really, really liked. Um, six foot two, 300 pound defensive tackle at Ohio State, Haskell Garrett. The issue with Haskell Garrett has consistently really been, um, well, effort it has been a big part of it. But 
I think that the strength question is a big one. He doesn't anchor very well. He has some things that he has to work on, but he's quick. He's got really good explosiveness. He would probably be somebody that can end up coming in and rotating for you as a like a rotational pass rusher that's going, you know, that's focused in a one gap situation, right? He's not lining up over center and then going to either side. He's a three tech guy, for instance. So he's rushing from between the guard and the tackle. That's where I think Haskell Garrett really gets you something. Um, you would like to see him just have, you know, be a little bit of a longer athlete, but you can't change those things. But if you can put him in a situation to where the things that you can change, the things that you can uh, make better, like his ability to split blocks, um, some of the things that he's able to do as a pass rusher in terms of his pass rushing moves, those are the things that you focus on, not the things that you can't change. And you're in the sixth round here, right? So getting a guy that could potentially rotate for you, knowing the success that the Saints have had in developing late defensive, or sometimes not even late defensive tackle talent, undrafted uh, defensive tackle talent with Ryan Nielsen, then I think you try it out and you see what you can do. So Haskell Garrett would be another name that I would watch. All right. So those are a bunch of sleepers, a bunch of unsung, under-discussed kind of prospects that the Saints could potentially surprise with throughout the draft. This list is far from incomplete. We'll talk about more sleepers later on down the line as well as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft ticking down, what, 18 days away, 17 days away now? It's a really, really exciting stuff on the way as the draft gets closer and closer. All right, coming up tomorrow, let's build our top 20 to 25 players. Let's call it 25. Let's build our top 25 players for the New Orleans Saints. Who tops the list? Where do those quarterbacks rank? Where do the wide receivers rank? We'll break it all down. And then from that, we'll have our position uh, sort of rankings for the team as well within the top 20 to 25. Can the Saints really walk away with three of those players? We're going to break all of that down tomorrow as we continue on. And we're back with another episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day every day here on the show. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on NFL Draft YouTube page, Locked on NFL Draft podcast, wherever you get it. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, getting you everything you need to know about the NFL Draft. Appreciate you as always making me a part of your day and for everything you need in between these episodes on your New Orleans Saints. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.